All right, mama, you started your business because you're great at what you do and you want to do it on your terms. Hello, freedom and flexibility. But you're a couple of years in, handcuffed your biz more overwhelmed than ever. You feel like you're not doing anything well at work or with your fam. If that's you, stay tuned. I'm Ridhu Parikh, mom of two, wife of one, former professional organizer turned productivity pro, here to help women like you with growing businesses stop drowning and start controlling all your demands and distractions. Welcome to Productivity on Purpose. Friends, I feel so lucky that I get to have some of the coolest guests on this podcast. It is so much fun for me. I hope it brings you tons of value. And I'm always trying to like find people from very diverse and different backgrounds that can bring different expertise. And today I'm so excited for you to hear this conversation with my new friend, Amber Hawley. Amber Hawley is fueled by sarcasm, caffeine, and ADHD, which essentially means this woman is a high energy, entertaining guest who gets the struggle. She's a licensed therapist, a podcast host, a dot-com dropout who works with entrepreneurial individuals and couples. And she also has the knowledge and experience to help them with the emotional side of business. Today, we were talking all about managing priorities when you are neurodiverse. Now, you may or may not even know what that means. I really totally didn't. So she does a great job of explaining it. We have an awesome conversation about how to stay focused, uh, how to get over some of the common productivity pitfalls that are faced by neurodiverse entrepreneurs and some strategies to just get through your through your priorities. So I can't wait to for you to hear this. Enjoy and uh, I will catch you next time. Bye-bye. Amber, I am so excited to talk to you today. I feel like we could probably go on for hours because we have so much synergy I think personally with families, professionally with what we do, uh, the type of women that we're both supporting. Uh, But I'm super excited to have you here because you're going to bring us a really different spin on some things I don't talk about. Um, So welcome. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for having me. And yeah, I I feel like we could always talk for a very long time. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So I know you help women kind of with the emotional side of business. And today we're talking specifically about managing priorities, which is so challenging, uh, no matter how organized or productive we are, right? We're all like trying to do a thousand things at the, at, a, at the same time, but specifically managing priorities when you're neurodiverse. And I'm so excited to jump into this because I've never talked about this before. And I'll be totally honest. I don't even completely understand that term. Like, I feel like I I see it, I hear it, it's thrown around, but I really don't know what it is. So I'm thinking if I'm not totally familiar with it, there's probably somebody listening who's not either. (laughs) So a thousand percent. (laughs) Can we start right there? Like, what does that even mean to be neurodiverse? Yeah. And I love, I love that because, uh, I agree with you. I think probably a lot of people, like they might have kind of an idea, but it's, you know, it's one of those things you just don't know. Um, you don't know unless you need to know <laughs> is one of those things. Um, so being neurodiverse, you know, if at the simplest terms, it's like when somebody's brain works in a different way than which we would consider quote unquote typical. Right. And so some of the things that fall under that would be autism or ADHD or dyslexia, 
Um, there are other ones that are kind of nuanced, but I would say those are like the biggest ones. And it's, um, you know, can have to do with like executive functioning, which is how our brain works and plans and, and, uh, organizes things. Um, and then there's a whole myriad of like symptoms or ways in which that can show up for people. Um, so it kind of covers a big breadth of things, right. But at the same time, it's, when there's a biological difference, because people will say like, everybody's neurodiverse. We all are different. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's you're literally, your brain works differently there. You know, like with ADHD, there's a dopamine deficiency in certain areas of the brain. Like it's a biological difference. So I guess that's what, that's my simple terms. <laughs> I got it. And I was actually going to say that too. I was like, everybody I work with, everyone's like, I think I have ADD. I'm like, do you have ADD? They're like, well, no, I think I do. So how do you, how do people um, identify if they, they really, they really have, you know, a biological difference or just something that they're like, I'm so overloaded. I must have ADD. Like, yeah. Well, exactly. Right. And I, I like to say like modern entrepreneurship leads us all to be easily distracted, right? Like we're all very easily distracted people because we're overwhelmed. And there are so many things like pulling out our attention and energy as business owners. So that of course, you know, like that's just, even, even just modern life, like having cell phones, I'm definitely way more distractible since having a smartphone for so many years than before I had my smartphone. Right. So modern life is hard. Like social media encourages us to be distracted, to have less of an attention span. So yeah, I've, I've had clients who are definitely not ADHD where they say, I have digital ADHD. Like I'm just distracted. Uh, We all are, we all are. Um, but this is, yeah, there is a difference and an overwhelm will make you feel like you're unable to focus. You're not able to finish things or get things done. Um, and just feel kind of disorganized, but it, it really is, you know, sometimes if you're like, okay, I think I do, there are ways to kind of do some self-assessments. And then if that comes up positive and you're like, okay, I want to look into this further. Like ultimately the best thing is going to see a professional, but I would put the caveat of, going to somebody, a professional, be it, you know, your PCP or your psychiatrist who is, who both accepts and understands adult ADHD, because there are definitely people like anything, you know, in the medical profession who are like, oh, adult ADHD isn't a thing. And really you're just anxious. And it's like, no, you don't grow out of it. Your brain is still different. (laughs) You know, like you don't say somebody grew out of their autism, right? Like, but some reason ADHD, the people just love to say we grow out of it. And, you know, which is a lot of shaming stuff for adults who are really struggling. So going to somebody who is an expert in ADHD and, um, has that openness, but they can help you discern because there's a lot of overlapping things, you know, and especially if we're talking to women, it's like, hormones can make us have mm-hmm. brain fog and distraction. And like you said, overwhelm, or, you know, so many people like going through life crises and transitions, are you burnt out? That can make it hard to get anything done. Are you, you know, going through a divorce? Did you just lose somebody, you know, all kinds of things, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's interesting. You say that, um, I'm not clinically, I'm not diagnosed. So I, I don't have that. I'm not, you know, don't have the kind of personal expertise or experiences you do or other women do. But uh, it is interesting. They say that some doctors like poo-poo it. Like I had no idea. I didn't even know that was a thing. I thought it was like, oh, well, of course. They I, know. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Interesting. Okay. I know. It's good to you, know. 
Yeah. Cause my therapy practice is in California and Silicon Valley. And so mm-hmm. I worked with a lot of like startup CEOs, you know, physicians, lawyers, like high achieving people, um, engineers, of course, you know, tech and being yes. in the tech industry. And, um, and I would have clients that either had been diagnosed and embed on medication, but then their insurance switched and they go and they like make them do an assessment. And they're like, no, you don't have it. I'm like, oh my God, it makes me nuts. I'm like, you can't just do that to people right. um, because they just think, oh, you know, cause a lot of uh, ADHD medications are stimulants. And so mm-hmm. they're like, oh, you shouldn't be on a stimulant. You know, they it's, it's a controlled substance. So they get weird. And I'm like, look, when I got diagnosed, I was 41 um, before that, I didn't know. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not going to go sell this to college students. Like I need right. this to yeah. function. I would right. like to get my taxes done, you know, yeah. like, come on. Yeah, so like, yeah, yeah um, you'd be surprised how weird they are about it. And then, you know, there's kind of like buzzwords too. If you talk about anxiety at all, which frankly, if you're really stressed out, who doesn't have anxiety, exactly. then they're like, oh, it's anxiety. You need to address your anxiety. And it's like, no, I'm anxious because of how my ADHD is impacting my life. <laughs> right. Right. All right. So we're just kind of, that, that's our PSA. I think for today, PSA, go, there you go. <laughs> go to a good doctor, go to someone that's recommended and you know, that's yeah. open. Okay. So, um, what are, so the, what are some of the common productivity pitfalls faced by neurodiverse entrepreneurs? Yeah, there's, there's quite a few. I mean, this is where the struggle shows up. And I would say that there are things that work for neurotypical people, like productivity advice that I know is really good and doesn't necess- doesn't usually work for people who are neurodiverse. Right? Oh, I can't wait to hear this. Okay. Yeah, I know. I was like, I, I remember having a conversation with somebody years ago about this where they're like, well, when it becomes painful enough, you'll make a change and you'll do it. And I was like, uh, no, uh, that would be great if that happened. But my experience is when it becomes super painful, we just shut down and then we mm-hmm. never deal with it. Yeah. And it's because, you know, it, there's that level of overwhelm and it's like, you can't function. There is an ideal amount of stress. You know, you need, you need some stress to activate you to get something going and do it. But then if it's too much stress, you just completely shut down. So I think that idea of like, well, if you don't get on board with this, once it's too painful, you'll get on board. I, I think that you know, and I'm not saying you teach that, but I'm yeah, like, no, that no, won't work. I, it won't work. Yeah, it won't work. Yeah. You're like, um, been there, done that, not happened. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I think some of it is like understanding because what I hear a lot from people who are, well, I hear this from every, most of the business owners I work with, but especially neurodiverse, it's like, if I just did it better, if I just mm-hmm. managed my time better then I would have been able to do X, Y, Z. And it's like mm-hmm. understanding No, there are actually other barriers because yes, we do have time-based struggles. Like time blindness is one of them where time kind of slips away and everybody's probably experienced this. My example I love to give is like getting on reels or TikTok Mm -hmm. for anybody. I have lost so much time to, I'm going to just jump on and look at a reel. This is why I hated when they put it on Facebook and Instagram, because I'm like, I cannot get anything done now (laughs) because it's made to be addictive. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, I just lost an hour. Right. So for me, like little tricks I do is when I'm in my right mind, when I'm thoughtfully doing this, right. I'll set a timer. I have like an Alexa dot in every room. I'll set a timer on my Alexa. So that way that timer goes off to let me know, get off, get off your phone and go take your shower or whatever the thing is that you need to do. Right. 
So I think using timers as some of our time, like giving us some time awareness, because all humans have, you know, we have optimism bias. That's one of our, the way that our brain works, where we think like, oh, nothing's going to get in our way. I'll be able, we underestimate how long things will take to do. So we all have that, but that time blindness where time just kind of slips away and you're like, oh my gosh, like I had this happen even with something I was doing financials and I ended up, I heard a noise in the hallway because I, I was sleeping alone because my husband, I think he was sick when we thought, oh, if it's COVID, go sleep upstairs, right? And I heard a noise in the hallway and I was like, what's going on? I was like, why are the kids up? It was 7 a.m. I had worked through the night. Oh my gosh. I didn't even realize it because I was so immersed into things, right. right? So those are, there's things that can happen. So I think, I think like um, some of the productivity hacks are having outside accountability, whether that's setting a timer, whether that's, you know, co-working with somebody, we call it body doubling for, mm-hmm. um, for like ADHD people, but like co-working. So I, I host like weekly co-working in my membership because you know, you need to do something. You're a right. type A go-getter goal-oriented person. And yet it's really hard to get that one silly little thing done, but people show up to the co-working for an hour and they get that thing done yeah. because there's like an accountability. So it's things like that. Like you just mm-hmm. have to learn to work a little differently. Don't, don't say, I just need to learn to do it better. No, do it the way your brain works and how can we leverage how your brain works? Yeah. And just saying I need to do it better is, I feel like it's so wrapped up in, in shaming, like you're self-shaming because yes. you're like, oh, Absolutely. if only I was smarter, if only I could focus more, if only, and it just, you're like self-berating, you know, because you're thinking yeah. that. Meanwhile, it's like, you are smart enough. You can't do it better. You can't, but you just got to change this, the strategy a little bit, you know, and it just make it work for you. Exactly. So, um, I want to go back to the, to the Alexa dot. Okay. Cause I want to get really <laughs> granular on this because I'm thinking that somebody's <laughs> listening and like, I've done that. That doesn't work. Okay. But I actually want you to walk me through. Cause I think this is where we probably see this with clients. It's just like the little tweaks in, in how you do something works. Okay. So let's just go through this. You're, you're, you're working on something, you're working on a proposal, you're working on your email and you're like a notification comes up on your phone and you want to check Facebook or Instagram, or you're just like, I want to take a break and go on Instagram. What is, what is it? Or both or either. Yeah. Yeah. So the, yeah, the dots are in other rooms, but my office, I will say so maybe, but, um, so that's more of like, accountability. So when I'm getting ready in the morning, mm-hmm. taking a shower, I set a timer and it plays, I'll say play music for 10 minutes, but then it's, it has a timer. Cause if the music just okay. goes away, I won't notice it. Right. Right. Okay. Because I need like time will kind of disappear from me and I need some accountability. So now if you're talking about looking at your phone though, <laughs> that's a whole different ball of wax. Right. And you're right. It is those small things this is where like, um, like if anybody's ever done the Pomodoro method where yeah, you set a timer for 25 yeah. minutes. Yeah. And there's a lot of reasons why that works. And it is so simple that sometimes people are like, oh, it doesn't work. And I right. think it doesn't work for me often when I'm by myself, but even being on Zoom with somebody or having somebody in the room with me, there's enough accountability for me to stay focused that that does help. So the 25 minutes, it creates a sense of urgency because you have 25 minutes to get something done and then you're forced to take a break, you know, quote unquote. Yeah. And that's why right. I tell people take a break. Right. Like I do right. a little dance party, encourage them. And I was like, if you want to ignore me, you can, but 
we take a break because our brain wants those breaks. And if we don't give it to our brain, the brain's going to take it. And so that's when we're probably, we're way more prone to picking up our phone. I've had clients where I'm like co-working with them and I'll say, throw that phone across the room or go place it across the room, you know? Because they were sit there on the co-working and then they pick up their phone. I was like, yes, because it's a habit. You yeah. have to have it not right next to you, right? Right. And so, and then my other thing, and I have my phone over here, I, I always have it face down because if I see the light come on, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna what? And I look at right. it and I get distracted. So I think you you have to build in breaks for yourself. Let your brain know like in 25 minutes you're gonna get a break. Okay, cool. I can focus now. Yeah. And then there's that time urgency, which allows you, which allows neurodiverse people to focus really well. Like I have 25 minutes. Okay. Stay, you know, stay in the space. Um, and then not having your phone right next to you. Cause it's really hard. I know people are like, I took Facebook and Instagram off my phone and it's life-changing. I'm sure it is. I will never do that. Cause that also mm-hmm. would create so much like Such anxiety. Yeah. And it would yeah. also make it so hard for me to actually go in and like respond to people's stuff. Right. You know, so and I the other trick I do is and I know this we're not quote unquote supposed to do this. I get it. I get I experiment with things, but the first thing I do in the morning is I give myself 30 to 45 minutes of scrolling social media. Mm-hmm. My brain wants that. And so I give it to it. And then I'm right. like, and then I can get into my day because I yeah. feel like I've checked in with people or I've responded to questions or posts or whatever. And then I can have my space. So Sometimes I say you have to work the way your you work and your brain works. Sometimes you do need to challenge it. So every once in a while I'll change it up and try experimenting, you know, because like I do understand the research behind why that's not helpful. And like you have to kind of figure out, like, okay, but you're if you're gonna do it anyway, and then you're just gonna get up and sit there and scroll for two hours, why not give yourself a time frame for it? And then go do the other stuff. Yeah. No, I love that because, well, first of all, I just want everyone listening to see that <laughs> it was, I mean, you really were specifically talking about business. Like you're not like, I was up there checking out my friend and you might be, but it's like, you're like, I'm responding to comments or, you know, and so it's like a business related thing, which might be energizing for you in the morning. And so, yes. I, you know, you've got, I think everyone has to just go a step deeper than, oh, she said it was okay to scroll for 45 minutes. It's really not, you know, it's like, <laughs> what was the purpose behind it? What energy is it giving? you, you know, is it preventing you from doing it later because you're giving yourself a parameter and permission in the morning? So there's like a lot of deeper things. And I think that's why I was saying, you know, sometimes it's just a little tweaks and yeah. And I totally agree in like working with what works best with you, but, um, in a way that there's some type of like just parameter around it. I think. Yeah. It's, it's thoughtfulness, right? Cause yeah. Yeah. I always say like, my thing is you do you, I'm going to tell you what would be helpful. And then you have to figure out how to work that for yourself. But I agree. I mean, no, don't get me wrong. I'm sometimes watching like animal videos and like whatever thirst trap video that my friend has sent me like because she loves sending those to me. But like, so I'm still having fun on it. But yeah, I am going because I'm checking in on posts and things like that. But I still enjoy, I mean, this is the thing. It's still like, of course we enjoy super, super cute goat videos or whatever, you know? Um, But I agree with you. I think it's thoughtfulness. Like what, be intentional. So if you're, if I'm going to spend an hour scrolling social media, that's great. And I'm being intentional about it. I'm giving, I'm making that choice and giving that self, giving it to myself as opposed to like just thoughtlessly doing it and then feeling like, oh, I just wasted the whole day. Yes. Right? No, I agree. Cause sometimes when I'm talking about time wasters with my clients, 
they say, oh, I got to get off social media. It's I'm wasting my time. I'm like, you don't have to get off social media, but you just got to put some limit around it and yeah, be exactly. intentional about when you're using it and stuff. <laughs> yes. Um, so in terms of the dot, I just want to make sure we, the echo dot, we, go, we circle back to that. So if we, so essentially let's say you're just, you want, you want to scroll like in the morning or whatever, whatever time you would say, Alexa, turn on an alarm in 10 minutes. And that's what to do, right? That's, yeah, that's exactly. how you're using it. Okay. Oh, I use I, it. Yeah. I love it I so much. So I use it for so many great. things. I love um, that. I think it's so much better if anyone's listening, get that instead of like going on your phone. I think a lot of the reasons we don't use timers because it's, it's a pain in the ass, right? You're not going to like take totally. out your phone and then go to the timer app or like, blah, blah, blah. but if you can just say out loud, Alexa, do whatever, like make life easier for you. Spend the, I don't know what it is, 50 bucks. I don't know how much they are. Whatever. They're, they're like $30. Bucks. They're, they're like so in every room. Yeah. And this is it. the thing where, you know, you're right. Because also if I go to my phone to set a timer, the odds yes. of being distracted by yes. something are very, very high, very I mean, high. without fail. Right. Yes. So that's not great. I will also, I used to, I had reticence back in the day because um, I was like, well, you know, they're listening to you, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, your phone's listening to you. So if you're having your phone around you, just let it go, move past that and let it go. And yeah, I bought five of them. I think we have five. Yeah, we have, uh, well, we have four, five. Yeah, we have five. So in the four bedrooms plus our living room area. And I love it in the kitchen living room because I'm notoriously terrible about setting timers when I'm cooking. Mm-hmm. And so you can just say to be able to just say it out loud. Oh, it's so great. And you can set multiple timers. You can name them. It's like so easy. Plus I listen to music and honestly that alone, like being able to listen to music. Um, Cause it's kind of like one of my love languages, I would say allows me, I don't, I don't waste time like watching videos or doing things that would actually distract me. Whereas music allows me to do things in a more productive fashion, I guess. Mm -hmm. So that also is really helpful. And I found like, I experiment, I love experimenting. So like I had a client who started listening to harp music while she was doing certain kinds of work and she loved it. So I was like, well, I'm going to try that, you know? And it's amazing what, you know, experimenting. The, the Alexa dot is like one of my favorite things I invested in, in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> it's been life-changing. <laughs> I love it. We have, it's funny. We also have, we have them in every room, but I don't have one in my office. Now I'm thinking why I should, because it is so much easier. Like that 25 minute Pomodoro. It is so true. I, I love it. But often I'm like, if I get it, if I even go to my phone to turn it on, I'm going to see something, right? And so, of course, I, I know a text I, like I need to, or a boxer okay. or a yeah. That is my uh, that's my takeaway from today. I'm going to go get one for my office. I think this is this is often awesome. Okay, I love it. so one other thing that I know that I talk about a lot and I talk about a, a lot with my clients is delegating. And just in general, outsourcing and getting stuff off your plate because we're doing too much and like rising to that CEO level. So tell us some, it could be pitfalls, but also some strategies, you know, things that, again, specifically that neurodiverse entrepreneurs are facing um, when it comes to delegation and outsourcing. Yeah. Oh, I have some good ones here. So the number one thing I see, the number one struggle is the idea that I have to clean it up in order to pass it off. So whether that's so organizing good. their yeah. files, their physical environments, whatever it is, I got to clean it up before I pass it off. And I'm like, okay, you you have two weeks to do that. And after that, no, because, yeah. and I get it. I've been there too, where I'm like, I'm so embarrassed by the way, like, my, you know, my financials look or the paperwork looks, or, you know, when I was getting things 
together. And I was like, I'm so embarrassed by it. And then it's like, but I'm not, I'm not going to ever do it because I'm overwhelmed. Right. So that's the whole point. And I always say like, especially when people are hiring out like bookkeeping for the first time or their CPA, I'm like, they don't care. This is the, they love doing this and they're good at it. They're not judging you. And if they are there, that's the wrong person. Right. But my experience is most, they're not. And so they love cleaning stuff up. So like, don't let go of the idea that you have to get it together to pass it off. I, I disagree with that. Um, I love that. That is such a good message. I remember I was a, I started off as a professional organizer and that would be, people would always say like, oh, I'm too embarrassed for you to come to my home. I'm like, seriously, I have seen it all. And that's what you're right. That's what I love to do. Like, yes, you're like, that is, that is my like thing. Yeah. You're like, yeah. this is my favorite thing to do. Favorite and that's thing. the other one. When I'm encouraging people to hire professional organizers, like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't need it to don't, it's like, I don't know, washing your hair before going to the hairstylist, right. let it go, yes. let go of that idea that that's what has to happen. And so yeah. I think letting that part go is huge. The other pitfall that I see a lot is, um, is not having a process in which to delegate. So they'll like say, Oh, I'll just do it myself because I forgot to tell so-and-so or, so there's not, they don't have like a setup in order, like they're not meeting weekly with the person or Mm. like if it's a VA, for example, or they're, they don't, they don't take the time to like kind of organize what they're passing off in the beginning. And so it's very piecemeal. It's very erratic. The other thing, and I'm notorious for this is once I've passed it off, I don't follow up to double check in the beginning when I'm, you know, onboarding and trusting people with stuff because I'm like, I'm so overwhelmed. I just don't want to own it anymore. And then inevitably they make mistakes. And then it's like, then you feel like, oh, see, I can't pass anything off because they make mistakes. It's like, well, did you train them? Did you, was there any quality assurance in there? Like that's, you know, kind of high level. Those are some (laughs) of the things that I see. And the other one is thinking, that's a stupid thing I should be able to do myself. I shouldn't pass it off. Mm. And the example I love with this one is, like posting, um, posting some stuff on social media. Cause what I found was like, I had a graphic designer, I had like written stuff. I had like promotions. And usually for me, it always came up around sales stuff. Like I can mm-hmm. easily post a picture of my dinner. Like I love that. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? But when it came up to sales stuff, there would always be this reticence in me. And what ended up happening is I wasn't promoting the things I was doing because of that, there was a barrier, which I realized was a mental barrier. It wasn't a time thing or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I know that it seems stupid. I should be able, I have the, I have the visual image. I have the copy. I should just be able to post it. I should be able to. Right. Right. And it's like, no, because there was something else there keeping me from doing it. So those kinds of things, I realized I just need someone else to post them. Because once they're posted, I'm fine, but it's literally just enough resistance that I was like getting in my own way and like being the bottleneck for things. So I, I think like, I see that there's emotional resistance of something that you're not doing in your business, whether that's posting or taxes or whatever the thing is, right. That not having a proper onboarding and training process or like you know, like not having the systems. Cause I'm a big systems person. Like I love mm-hmm. systems. They keep, keep me sane. And then, like I said, the first one, which was, uh, um, having, thinking you had to fix it before you passed it off. 
I love it. I'm just writing that down because yeah. I love this idea. I love the idea, but I think the idea of emotional resistance, I feel like everybody can relate to that. You know, neurodivergence oh, or not. So you can. No, no. And that's, that's exactly it. Right. Yeah. That's where. I mean, that's the that piece of being a therapist, I think is helping yes. me because I was a dot comer before I became a therapist. I worked in internet operations and marketing. And so like, it's like marrying the two favorite worlds of mine where I get like tech and systems and operations, but I also get the understanding of there are reasons we don't or do things, or we do things that are so much more deeper and ingrained in us than we initially think. And all we do is judge ourselves as like, oh, I'm being lazy or I didn't manage my time or I, if I just did it better. And it's like, no, that's not the problem. The problem is you genuinely have some resistance to something. So let's figure out what that is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then how to overcome that. And like, would you say like little baby steps, like do it a little bit and see how it goes. Do you build up that confidence or do you have like something you, you suggest to people to. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, sometimes just the awareness of Mm. this is why I'm not doing this thing. Okay. So like, sometimes that awareness is enough to like dissipate and let it go. You're Mm -hmm. like, okay, now I get it moving on. Yeah. Got it. I know where that's coming from. Right. Sometimes it is the thing where, like I said, I realized I just need to hire someone else to do it because, Mm -hmm. because it, it come. It's one of those things that's so nuanced and small that yes, I can force myself. And of course I will get better at it because I will, but it also wasn't like just the awareness didn't change anything. Yeah. I, I had the awareness and it didn't change. So I needed yeah. to hire somebody to do it. So having right. somebody else do it or take, take that piece out or, um, like another strategy I like is when I have resistance around something like co-working with people, so in like my membership, I co-work every week where uh, it's body doubling in the neuro, in like ADHD world, we call it body doubling. Just having mm-hmm. like being here with you on Zoom, if I was like, you could be doing your own thing and I'm doing my own thing. But if I had just told you, okay, I'm going to write an outline for my next podcast episode, being present with you would give me the accountability to do it. Otherwise I avoid it because I, yeah. I hate doing solo episodes. I'd rather talk to people, mm-hmm. right? So little things like that, like, can you figure out other ways to take away the resistance, to take away the distraction or the shame or whatever the thing is that's coming up? So yeah, I think there's lots of different ways, but sometimes it is those baby steps. It's like, how can I, how can I say like, uh, uh, you know, like when somebody says they're going to go running and they say, I'm just going to put my tennis shoes on. Okay. I'm just going to go to the end of my walkway. I'm just going to yeah. go to the end of the block. You like you trick yourself into doing something bigger than you you make it small and manageable. Yeah. Yeah, and then you set your expectations that way so you don't let yourself down and then yeah. you know, it, it motivates you to keep going. It does. It. it builds momentum because if yeah. we're if we feel like we failed our our expectations for ourselves, we feel crappy and then yeah. we're we have no energy. But if we're right. like I did exactly what I expected of myself. You're like, I'm amazing. And you just keep going. Like you just build on yourself. So yeah, I love it. Okay. So this is, like I said, we could talk about this forever. And I (laughs) don't feel, I feel like listeners should not walk away with just one takeaway, but there's probably three, at least everyone can walk (laughs) away with. We've talked a lot about like actual tools to help you get moving and stay on track and stay focused. Um, You know, things to help you with resistance, different strategies, how to you know help you just get motivated and um, and break down your tasks and all those great things. So everybody walk away at least at least a couple <laughs> things, and um, let 
everyone know how we can connect with you. I know you've mentioned your membership. You have a great podcast. Like, tell us all the things. Yes, yes. Um, well, since you're listening to a podcast right now, you could head on over to the Easily Distracted Entrepreneur, where I do talk more about, um, you know, distraction and burnout and overwhelm and all of those kinds of things. And uh, just to kind of help you, I, I like my thing is about creating a sustainable business, right? So creating success sustainably because it's, you know, that hustle culture isn't serving us. Right. Um, so you could head on over there or go to amberholly.com forward slash. And I realized I just forgot what the forward slash is because we were going to talk about, um, helping people with like shiny object syndrome. And I think we had a downloadable for your audience and now I totally forgot. <laughs> I was like, that is terrible. How about purpose <laughs> forward okay. slash purpose? I'm going to make it up on the spot right here. So people know, um, but that's another thing where distraction or not getting things done. Sometimes it's because we've overloaded ourselves and we're, you know, we've take, we chase those shiny objects thinking they're awesome opportunities and they're not necessarily. So I, I have a, a free, uh, kind of assessment that people can go through and see like, is that an awesome opportunity or is it a shiny object to kind of help them stay more focused? I'm all about the focus. Awesome. <laughs> okay, great. Well, we'll link it all up. So you tell Perfect. me the right one. I'll put, I'll, I'll put it in there. Cause that's where they're going to link, they're going to click on it anyway. Um, Cause I know I can't go by memory. So I just click on the links. <laughs> exactly. So that's what we'll do. And um, this was fabulous. I'm so happy we've connected. I'm so happy we've become friends and I really appreciate your time and you just sharing your value with, with everyone. It means a lot to me. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, sweet friends. That's a wrap. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and found a ton of value from my conversation with Amber. Also, if you like what you're hearing, you're seriously going to love my emails. If you're not yet on my list, be sure to sign up at lifeisorganized.com forward slash best week. That's one word. You'll quickly see why so many women who are juggling it all are showing up week after week. You'll learn how to get control of your time, energy, and thoughts. You'll also get a personal behind the scenes look into my world. So come on over to lifeisorganized.com forward slash best week. Also get your free training there. Go from scattered to a plan that sticks for women business owners who look put together, but don't feel that way. Thank you for showing up today and I will catch you next time on Productivity on Purpose. Bye for now.